So, hi and welcome. <laughs> yeah, this is our third episode of uh, my podcast. I'm Julia Schlenkert from Essen, Germany. And here with us um, is uh, Tara Dudel from... So where are you from at the moment? My apartment is in Athens, but I'm, I'm still traveling around. <laughs> yeah, great. And Mark Holzmann? And my apartment <laughs> <laughs> is in Paris, still traveling around. Uh, and I bounce between the USA and, and Paris. Okay. And then... Cool. So we're here together uh, on a retreat in uh, Paros. Or do you say at Paros? On Paros? A Greek island. And um, we're just about to finish this retreat, to be honest. So it's our last day with... No, it's, yeah, it's the last day with the whole group. Tomorrow is a traveling day. So we had mm. one, almost one week uh, full of teaching. And uh, just to get you an idea what the setting is, we're sitting um, <laughs> like a little, um, how, how do you call it? Well, we're gathering around uh, the altar of the yoga shala <laughs> <A> here. <huddle. laughs> it's a huddle. A huddle, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's like... Like around the campfire. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, there is an altar, but underneath there's a microphone, so it's like a mixture of both. <laughs> and... Um, Uh, we're at Okra Blue, that's um, the retreat center um, on Paros, and we're in the yoga shala. So um, the yoga shala is not exactly like facing the ocean or with a beautiful uh, wide view or so. We're like in the middle of nature. You might hear it um, around, um, like birds um, chipping in the background or the wind blowing. And I think... Um, And, and the, the uh, retreat the, this week was called uh, Harmonize. So that's uh, how I wanted to start off. So, um, well, first question, what is it that we need to harmonize as, as yogis, as human beings? Mm. Maybe woman first? <coughs> oh, woman first. No, I, I just okay. did my <laughs> secret <laughs> nod okay. to Mark, Mark first. <laughs> well, uh, When Tara and I were talking about a name for the retreat, it, it wasn't just a name for marketing or to be catchy. It was what was deeply resonating, not only for what we felt we desired, but what we felt we were noticing in our students. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly with my, my studies of, of Ayurveda, Ayurveda is about a lot of things, but, but really at the core of its core, It's about living a happy, fulfilled uh, life. And that really has a lot to do with harmonizing ourselves, our bodies, our minds with our surroundings. Because we come to so many situations fractured. Uh, you know, when people come to yoga classes, their mind or their body shows up and the heart's not there. Mm -hmm in any way that we can really begin to listen and to calibrate and to make decisions based on noticing what's happening in our environment, we move closer to happiness, closer to our, our deepest sense of, of self. And so what we set out to do really is to create a container and Paros is a perfect place to do it. Uh, where we begin to harmonize with nature itself and really harmonize with with our own bodies because we can be really detached and distracted yeah. in our own bodies. 
I remember um, when I look out now, I remember um, Tara's class, I think, starting with asking if this is bamboo or some Greek grass or so. <laughs> I think that I, I wasn't here the first night, I must admit. Um, so the first class um, I had with you was about the bamboo. And then you mm. started, I think, with a healing theme, mm -hmm. right? So, so what is harmonization in this context for you? What would you say? I think that as humans, sometimes we consider that we're looking at the environment or we consider ourselves almost this separate extraction, walking around a landscape, walking around the world. There's a, a, a distinction between our, as Mark said, there's a, there's a dissociation between our, what we consider our mind, which is often in our brain and our physical body. So the bamboo, what I, we were looking at is how it is, it has its steadiness and also easefulness, especially when you have the, the breath of the universe, which is the wind, and how the bamboo is maintaining its sense of being a bamboo, but it's also dancing with the element of wind. And, you know, I think one of the things that we found here in this landscape with the sea and the sun and the wind and the elements around is that there's 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 this melting of mm -hmm. separateness and a more permeability arises as we become part of the the landscape of um, what mark introduced to me from the consciousness model of the the universal body which is something we love to think about. And I think you know, one of the things that we also thought about with Harmonize is how does Ayurveda and embodied flow, which I'm, you know, where are those aims intersecting? And, um, you know, with, with both of them, we're, we're looking at how do, we, how do we harmonize with the frequencies of our own nature, like mm. with with Mark's teaching like, in terms of the rhythms of the day and the right practices for different times of day and with embodied flow, how do we inhabit the felt sense of what we are in order to move with that? So I think both of our practices, as they harmonize with one another, mm. assist in creating this continuity of self, self to self, self to other, and self to environment. Mm. Usually when, when, I mean, if somebody listens to this who, who doesn't know a lot about yoga, um, lots of yoga talk is, sounds like spiritual, like something above in contrast or in union or not so good union with yourself. Um, so this is what most people think of being a spiritual topic, I'd say. And here, what I what I found is that um, this connection, self to self, or aligning myself with the environment, or what with everything else that is not myself and still myself at the mm -hmm. same time, is um, through nature. Is that all the all the metaphors you gave us were related to to nature, like like you said, the wind, the sea, then the, the circles of the day in Ayurveda or so. So I don't, I don't think that, I mean, maybe we talked about God or something like this or, or 
I, I don't know if you even said like something like higher consciousness or so. I have the feeling that it's more like the, the consciousness of ourselves and the consciousness of that's also found in the consciousness or in the wisdom coming from nature. So it's it's nothing very up up there somewhere. Right. It's, it's really um, well in German we say like grabbable. It's, you can really get a hold of it. You can right. really um, yeah you you can tap into that through practices like like Ayurveda or so or what we did uh, in embod in embodied flow. Yeah. So um, I think that. Um, I, for sure, for people who don't do a lot of yoga, they may have the mistaken belief that spirituality is this really complicated, esoteric uh, thing that is outside of us. And that might be the dualistic model where there's like, mm. there's nature, and then there's like this thing, there's like this, this other entity um, that we don't know how to describe or... Um, where it can even feel a little scary mm. or but I think what we do in our practice and in our teaching is you know after so many years of of understanding that we are nothing but nature yeah we are it's not like us and them as Tara said it's not like there's something out there and the more you practice and the more you understand that we are everything, that that is the spirituality. Spirituality could be gratitude, it could be compassion, it can be love, it's not that, Yeah. it's not that out there. Yeah, it's, it's what, it's actually what every, like every um, magazine, like women's magazines or so talk about when they talk about self-love or self-improvement or anything like, it's nothing like that. Anything that doesn't have to do with like just material stuff everything else is spiritual stuff mm. isn't it so um, everything so why would you say is um, I mean not, not everybody here or not everybody in, in, in the yoga world um, has this very tantric point of view this non-dual point of view right, right. so um, it always depends on what, what kind of teachers you are introduced to um, and, and even within Tantra or even within yeah, the styles of yoga we practice, there's, there's so many different approaches. Like your approach is more from the, right now at least, from the Ayurvedic point of view. Yours is more from, what, what would you say, from? It's from, from the world of somatics and yeah. body-mind centering and um, yeah, weaving that with Tantra philosophy and asana. I mean, it's... There's a lot of overlap and, you know, just to kind of go back to your earlier point, I think it, it's relative to our human history, it's somewhat recent that we categorize things that, you know, this is spiritual or this is that or this is that. So we're, we find ourselves in this point in our history where there's all these, you know, we can kind of see things from categories, but if, if you think that all of this miraculously evolved out of a kind of a singularity into mm. this multiplicity, so what we are is inherently this thing that we're calling spiritual. Now, other 
programs have come in and claimed this spirituality looks like this or this spirituality looks like that. Mm -hmm. But it's really this sense of awe and mystery at the very, the, the miraculous things that are really just even our, our human existence or mm -hmm. the existence of nature, the fact that nature has all of these reciprocal subjects and objects, you know, that, mm. that there's something as amazing as the sea or the sunset or the wind or, I, or I, our digestion. And mm. so we can give these things various names and we can have various approaches to try to access it but but it's all just different ways of trying to look at the same picture and 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 find our way into it yeah and then what comes then once we know more about ourselves or more about the ways we function or we um i i feel that what happens is that you start to move through the world and your whole life begins to bleed into a spiritual practice. Mm. The more you do yoga, and just to be clear, it is in, in this day and age, it is very possible that you can take a yoga class that has zero components of spirituality. To it. <laughs> it is a pure exercise class yeah. that has no even mention. It's like aerobics. In the like aerobics or yeah. stretching in Sanskrit language. <laughs> Eastern calisthenics. Oh, not even. Which is, um, which is really something I'm not that interested in. If you think of the origin, I mean, what I understand the origins of yoga to be was a hum humans looking to discover how to eliminate their separateness and to belong more into the, into the felt sense of nature's nature however big, however mysterious, however, um, even without names, because none of the names access the experience. Mm. And while they, er, our earliest knowing of what they were practicing was yoga, uh, was meditation. And I think even somebody who has challenges with spirituality would understand that meditation because now the scientific medical community can see and prove the benefits of the meditative space. What does it do? The meditative space gives our sense of being a limited separate self. It diminishes it. It enhances the brainwave state so that it moves into a more alpha theta brainwave state that we're in all possibilities exist literally where you can rewire your brain where you can have more cellular healing where yeah. you can shift quantumly from one space of being to another so the interest of the yogis was always about how does the meditative space influence and inhabit our every moment and so when you ask what happens I think When we harmonize, I think we suffer less. I think we connect more. I think we have access to more of our creativity, more of our healing reservoir, more of our energy, more of our um, resources. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is something you said in the when you talked about the Ayurveda um, that actually your dharma is to. To serve, right? That's yes. what you said. And yes. once you are, once you're feeling 
more harmonized, more connected, more in your powers, in your spirit, then you are just a better, you're at a better yeah. starting pro point to, to help others, to serve others, right? Yeah, and I think, I think, I think everyone's dharma is to serve. If, yeah. you, if you ask any single person what they would like to do in the work, if they're not doing the actual, they're, if they're not really in the profession that they would like to be, because a lot of people are not, a lot of people are, are, are you know, earning their income, mm -hmm. doing things other than their dharma. But whenever you ask anybody, like if you could do anything in the world, let's say you had all the money in the world and you had the choice to really like, like what is in your heart, what would you do? Everyone always says something about making the world a better place. I feel like it's, yeah. it's baked in our DNA mm. to, to be of, of service. Mm. And yes, life gets... When we're in our nature. When we're in our nature. When you listen to your nature. And I know for me, I mean, I didn't become a yoga teacher and, and this place of service until I was almost 40. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like four decades of trial and error. I was an accountant for a while. I was an, an actor for a while. I was a massage therapist, a stand-up con. I have like so What? many <laughs> jobs under my belt. Um, That was very quiet. <laughs> I know. can't believe it myself sometimes. And yet, here's the thing. I, I always had a very spiritual... And I know we bandy that word around a lot. I had a very, very spiritual palpable nature to me always I was always like the last one in church like praying too hard and um, <laughs> but for many many years it was just a feeling <clears throat> that had no vocabulary to it I had no way to articulate this general vague abstract feeling of devotion yeah. that I had it was just a vague feeling until I took my first yoga class and I had a pretty good teacher and um And it was like this vague spirituality that was longing for a home somewhere. Found it in my first class. It was like, oh my God, there was a recognition that was instantaneous. Mm. Found it. And then, you know, and that was about 38, 39 years old and I became a teacher at, mm. um, at 40. I think everybody has a spiritual, and even people who say that they're not, I feel like you've ever, if you've ever asked the question, why am I here? What's my purpose in life? How is this all possible? Mm. I feel like those are existential questions that that speak to the natural, innate, spiritual curiosity. If you of look everyone. at children too, especially young children beneath the age of five, they're inherently like that. They don't mm. have. I I did not grow up with a religion, but I also remember the same, like looking into the sky and 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 wondering, you know what is out there how did I get here how, how am I a part of this and feeling tangibly something bigger than myself mm -hmm. without having any words for it without mm -hmm. having any name for it and that was a huge yeah. source for me also of seeking um, and yoga also answered the call and you know when I, I've taught kids yoga two to five year olds and I feel that inside of them like that you know they 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 feel this innate mm. uh mystery and and wonderment that is part of our human nature and you know when you kind of dispel let's say the analytical 
mind a bit, I think there's, there's something, it, it feels like falling in love, which is something that we can all understand, and the difference between kind of thinking about it and actually being in the experience, mm. which is to me the difference between talking about spirituality and being in something that we would call spiritual. It's just there's, there's a, a mysterious place that we get to that defies logic. Mm. Yeah, you said that um, you need to be in this in your nature first before you can go, go out I mean you didn't say that you just said about be mm -hmm. in your nature first I have a feeling that this is the, the, the picture most people get about yoga that yoga is a, like a, a practice that does something inside of you and organizes everything around you but what is missing is Yeah, like the next part. What what does it make? Oh, what what comes when when I feel really as a part of of something bigger, or if I feel connected? What what do I do with it? So um, let me let me ask you um, probably even one of the last questions, um, and that is um, you talked about this today um, again um, that when you're on a retreat, that this is such a special okay occasion I'd say mm -hmm. and it's such a, such a special surrounding and like a container maybe even a little bit so would you say that this is like an easy place to learn more about yourself and to get this feeling of connection so that you can then imply all this exper these experience you made here like in the outside world in the everyday world in in LA and Paris and yeah. wherever or for sure is there something yeah. more? there's a reason why we're here and there's a reason why people hit the, the the send button for the registration I think it's they they recognize that um, in order to get closer to their essential nature and to really um, and to really rest they they need to do so by extracting themselves out of their really really busy mm. distracted lives and and come to a place where everybody is here really for the same there's a like-hearted yeah. mission yeah. Yeah. Um, and certainly when you're in a place where you're wearing hardly any clothes no shoes and your feet can actually dig into nature and you can dive into the water this thing called nature is not so abstract anymore And you start to feel like you're one with it and you start to move into its rhythm. And I mean, what we see in our students just between day one and day seven is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're just, there's just so much peace. And then of course the question is, how do we take this experience because we can't live here or some of us can live here <laughs> Tara almost lives here like many weeks a year I'm But plotting how do, we, how, do we, uh, how do we go back to our homes where there's so much stimuli and so many forces dragging us out of alignment mm. I feel like we can use this experience and and maybe for remembrance for remembrance and maybe some of it will bleed into your life Mm. even unconsciously without you even knowing it, without having to make the decision. It just becomes part of the tapestry. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge to, we can't rec re recreate, you know, 
Would you say that every teacher, every yoga teacher sh should go on retreats to to get a, a taste of... I would say every human yes. okay. <laughs> should go on some kind of retreat, which I like Mark uses the term advance. Because um, if we live in cities that are, you know, the earth is covered in concrete and the 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 nature's nature is disrupted it's in a way a that it's hidden yeah. it's there because obviously we also made that but and we are also nature but i just find it so much easier to get up with the sunrise to go to bed with the sunset mm -hmm. to to see how the elements all feed one into the other and it's telling us about our own body so it's it, it's not just through yoga practice, but many, many, many um, well-being experts will advise that where we feel ourselves or return to ourselves most easily is in, immersed in nature. Mm. And it also, I think, in terms of the bigger, when you said, like, where does this all go? I mean, I think we become cells, a healthy cell in a body that then wants to care for the body, right? As humans as stewards of the land when we harmonize ourselves with ourselves, we automatically want to also mm. care for nature we want to care for this because it's a part of me yeah. i want to care for the sea and the and the earth and all of that because it's not different i want to care for others because they're not really mm. different than mm. me and it's hard to feel like that when you're depleted and you're exhausted and I think, going back to what you were saying, or what you were asking, I think people are coming here so they can actually spend a week in a state of beingness yeah. versus a state of doingness, mm. which is most of what we do in our homes and our lives. It's a doing, 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 um, how much, you know, everything is measured by progress and accomplishment. And uh, so to just be able to be here and be and not have to think about cooking or exactly. children or work exactly. or and even in the yoga practice that is that we teach both of us we really want to bring this element of beingness into the practice of yoga into our hatha yoga practice so mm -hmm. that it's not just doing a practice you're being in the practice so that being is not just like lying still in Shavasana or yoga nidra which is also great <laughs> you can also be being when you're in trikonasana and downward facing yeah. dog if you practice mindfully that way the whole experience should be a being while you're doing yeah so for me it was the first time I, I can't remember when I was on holiday or on a retreat just for myself I was always leading um, uh, retreats or whatever uh, myself so um, this time I was really I'm, I was just not being here I was also being filled so to, so to say by beautiful wonderful teachers I'm, I'm really really grateful to be yeah not just um, immersed in, in nature but also as I said in the beginning I also gain lots of bliss from from inside through my brain uh, that yeah. also gives me great joy um, yeah. and, and well I'm really impressed and really proud that even as, as teachers especially that, that a teacher 
as we do it too, will go on retreat and recognizing that you want to, you want to serve your students yeah. as well. And in order for you to serve, you have to fill up. You've got to fill up. Yeah. You've got to go yeah. in a place of being fill up and rest so that you can be your best version for them. Yeah. Yeah. So from my heart, very, very big thank you. I'm, I'm very, you. very grateful. And thank, thank you for doing this. Although there's a, thank you for there's a schedule. And um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it too. Sure did. Thank you <laughs> thank so you much. Thank you for listening yeah. and see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.